Hold on tight. It's the weekend. The Extravaganza. Real Time Radio. With Kenny D. for joining in this lovely day we're pleased to have you this is the brief this is the brief with family live i got to tell you the big stories and putting them in strong perspective for you how we started off the week and yes how we ended the week thus far uh, i have quite a number of stories to go through uh, for the next 45 minutes i'll be laying the foundation of some of the news stories as we would have it and where we are at this time and i'm glad you are able to listen to us from anywhere you are listening to us all right, so we're going to start off right away so that you do know what this is all about. But one thing I can tell you is these stories are important. And yes, they would lay the foundation possibly for how the week, the week ahead will go. And the only place you can find out and offer the brief like I do is right here, right here with me. And I'm Femi D. Amelie. All right, um, Femi D. Amelie is my name. So let's get started now. On Monday, one of the big stories this week was the Deputy Governor of Bayasa State, uh, Lawrence Ewu Jakpo. He denied presenting a, a foot certificate um, of exemption of the National Youth Service Corps. Well, it denied doing so to the Independent National Electoral Commission. Well, there were many, many wranglings as regards why he could have done so. In fact, this was supposed to be the basis of the appeal of the All Progressive Congress uh, to the Supreme Court when they started holding the conversation as regards what happens next. Well, this council made an attempt to clear things up. Take a listen uh, to what he said. The IG has investigated, written to the NYC, they confirmed same, and they have found out that the error was that of the issuing authority. And once the issuing authority owns up to the error, the certificate cannot be said to have touched, even if errors are contained there. More worrisome is the fact that newspapers have started publishing the issue of forgery of NYC exemption certificate, and they said erroneous copy has been flying all over places. So the question now is whether the copy presented was forged. It is only forged when the presenter or child. But now the issuer says the error was mine. Hmm. All right, well, that's one issue. But it uh, looks like the deputy candidates uh, have sorted themselves out. Of course, later this week, later during the week, the Supreme Court said no force on earth can review what they have commanded. No force on earth. No force on earth. Uh, so he stays on as deputy governor alongside with Tadiri, who is now the governor of Bias State. Now, somewhere else out there as well, the former head of state uh, of the country, uh, General Yakubu Gowan, retired. On Sunday, did lead people through prayer explaining that the country more than ever before needs prayers in order to safeguard their lives, uh, see a situation where security and all the religious perspectives um, you know, are put in the right way. In fact, he talked about the Christian faith and the reason and the need for prayer. We bring confession for sins of needless bloodshed and killings and renewed attacks by the dreadful Boko Haram insurgents, banditry, 
interesting of kidnappings in various parts of the country and all kinds of evil in our nation. That was uh, Richard uh, General Yakubu Gowan speaking there earlier this week. Now, the Bounty State Governor, Bala Mohamed, commended the former head of state now for organizing the prayer session. This is what he said. We need prayers to overcome the agents of darkness and underdevelopment. We need prayers to go out of the woods, which have, we have been put by a bad leadership. In the past, religion was used to divide us in Bauchi. The narrative is now changing, and I'm proud to say that my government is the most accommodating and most representative of all faiths. All right, there. Interesting thoughts with regards to what is going down in that sense of it. Okay, we'll keep up with that and see how it all plays out. Now, moving on, uh, still pretty much tracking the stories that would go on this week. Uh, the, fam the family of late Remo Football Stars uh, Club player Kazim Tiamu, yes, the footballer that was killed um, during uh, an altercation with a member of the special anti-robbery squad in Ogo State. The police command there uh, in Shagamu, Abekuta, well, did release a statement, um, and of course, his own lawyers as well signed. Adegbashia Adenola, uh, and the spokesman, Ganyu Tiamiu, said the family at the Ogo State government uh, were looking into the issue and requested that the deceased, uh, I mean, the killers of the deceased, should be brought to book. Meanwhile, also this week, the Inspector General of Police, Mohamed Adamu, ordered that the Deputy Inspector General of Police in charge of the First Criminal Investigation Division, Antonio Ogbebizi, to investigate the killing of Tiamiu Kazim. Having said that, one of the moves made by the IG was to, well, cancel out the zone office or the zones where SARS is running. Uh, he made this really clear. He gave the order, uh, said, well, SARS at the zone level is not too sure what benefit there would be, uh, essentially. And that, that pretty much put things in perspective. Also this same week, um, Islamic movement in Nigeria, Ibrahim uh, Zaki, Zaki and his wife, uh, again, where adjourned, uh, the, pretty much of the matter facing them was adjourned till April 23 and 24. Uh, Justice Gideon Kurada gave the ruling on Monday where the couple appeared before him and, yes, pretty much shared his own thoughts with regards to that. Um, yes, so this, I tell you, is the major, major thing that pretty much run the affairs of how this week has uh, gone on and on. Now, let's move on to another set of story. The World Health Organization appealed to the federal government to set up its efforts in eradicating tuberculosis in Nigeria. Uh, Dr. Ion uh, Marie Dagu made a plea on Monday when he did visit um, the Minister of Information and Culture, Lai Mohamed, uh, as part of a courtesy visit to talk about tub tuberculosis and the influence it has on Nigerians. And so far, how things are going with the sense of difference. Take a listen to this um, response and, well, is admonishment, is admonishment, uh, pretty much, uh, to Nigeria. Follow the commitment made by the president, the head of state of the Federal Republic of Nigeria, at the UN high-level meetings. There were two high-level meetings held during the UN General Assembly in New York, and the head of state was there, and he made some strong commitment with regard to eliminating TB and also addressing NCDs. So this mission would like to advocate for going from commitment to actions. Mm. And then Minister Lai Mohamed responded as well. We understood that you come asking for our platforms to use to send out your message. 
how do we prevent those who are safe from being contaminated by those who are unsafe? And I think this is where I think I believe we've come to the right place. And uh, without being immodest, we have practical experience. Meanwhile, in the MCT here, Solomon Dai, who is our correspondent, was speaking with the Publicity Secretary of the All Progressive Congress this week and was asking him about what he thinks of the Electoral Act and also political parties. Well, Usman Adaji, who is the Secretary of the APC, responded and said, well, quite with the not large numbers of political parties we do have, we actually need to cut them back and cut them down and also review the Electoral Act. Take a listen to him. There are so many political parties that have been in existence for God knows how long and have never made any impact. So rather than continue to have them on the ballot, I think there is need for us to deregister them and allow political parties that are serious in terms of political activities to be left on the ballot so that we can have it right. We still have about 18 political parties, so every Nigerian has the right to belong to any of these political parties. If they're not comfortable with the ideology of any of these 18, then something is wrong somewhere because they don't have the same ideology. Hmm. All right, well, that's interesting. From there, let's switch over to another po prominent political party, the People's Democratic Party. They have asked the Supreme Court now to review its judgment on 2019 presidential election with regards to the case of certificate forgery against President Muhammadu Buhari. Yes, they did say so. In fact, the National Publicity Secretary of the party, the PDP, Kola Olagbordinho, uh, well, was speaking at the press conference on Monday, stating, well, now that the Supreme Court looks like it's looking at a lot of things, maybe, maybe it can look into the issue of the certificate of the president. After comprehensive consultations, the National Working Committee of our great party, the People's Democratic Party, states that our party has no choice left. That will ask for a review of the judgment of the presidential election petition tribunal, where the issue of certificate forgery and or presentation of false information in the aid of qualifications was clearly established against the APC and our presidential candidate. All right, well, we're still talking about review. Well, another set of legal practitioners are, are requesting for a review that the Supreme Court, well, you've pretty much active. You might as well look into the issue of Imo State, Zafara State, Bias State, governorship elections, and the tosses that come around with this. Um, judiciary correspondent, uh, our own judiciary correspondent, Abayomi Akibola, here in Abuja, was speaking with Barrister Abubakar Aliu uh, regarding clarification on some of the judgment thus far. And if the Apex Courts can reverse its decision on any matter at all, here's the explanation as shared by Barrister Aliu on the matter. At the end of the day, some of the lawyers in these cases that requested for review may receive tongue lashing from the Supreme Court and a cost awarded for wasting of the Supreme Court's time. Because the Supreme Court is not final because it is infallible, but it is infallible because it is final. So when we get litigants start asking for a review of judgment that will reverse judgment of the Supreme Court, then you see we will get to a session where the Supreme Court is no longer final. Oh, yeah? Well, let's see how that turns out. But then, Frank uh, uh, Taite, uh, a human rights lawyer, also expressed his own views to this. The Supreme Court, essentially, its decisions ought to be final, and it maintains that its decisions are final. But it also has the powers where there are glaring and obvious mistakes. If at all there are any in any of its judgment, it can, within when an application is brought to it, it can make such corrections. I think nothing yet has gone too bad for the Supreme Court. For the judiciary, I think it has larger questions to answer. But the Supreme Court has done very well until recently. 
All right, on to recently, well, that, that's uh, the comment of that very commentator with regards to this. All right, well, let's see, keep up with more stories uh, as we would have it this very morning on The Brief with Family Live. Here's another moment that was interesting to follow through. Well, this week, uh, we did hear that the Federal Ministry of Health confirmed the first case of coronavirus, otherwise known as COVID-19, here in Nigeria. Dr. Osage Ehanire, who is the Nigerian Minister of Health, did confirm the case uh, regarding um, an Italian citizen who works in Nigeria and just returned from Italy on Friday, on February 25. That was just the cause of this week. It was confirmed uh, positive by the Virology Laboratory of the Lagos University Teaching Hospital. And yes, that did go on. In fact, he explains exactly how this situation is being handled and what would happen next. Take a listen to Nigeria's Minister of Health. First, regularly and thoroughly wash your hands with soap and water and use alcohol-based hand sanitizer. Secondly, maintain at least one and a half meters about five feet distance between yourself and anyone who is coughing or sneezing. Persons with persistent cough or sneezing should stay at home and keep away from crowd, should not mix around the crowd and should keep what we call a social distance. Make sure you have good respiratory hygiene, meaning that you cover your mouth and nose with a handkerchief. If you have none of these, sneeze or cough into the sleeve, use a tissue when you cough and sneeze. All right, well, that was the Nigerian Minister of Health uh, speaking with regards to the COVID-19. And yes, uh, well, what Nigeria is doing, the federal government is doing uh, to ensure that we don't have a possible outbreak of the virus here in Nigeria. Uh, it said most of the infected persons do recover quickly with 80% of those infected showing mild symptoms. It gave uh, precautionary measures on what needs to be done uh, in order to safeguard the day. Let's take a listen to that portion as well of what he said at that moment. Uh, we have been preparing very hard for this uh, situation and working very closely with the World Health Organization, is the world body concerned with looking after global health. Just the day before, I saw on the news that all countries should brace themselves for possible entry of corona, spread of coronavirus into their own states. And since then, we have continued beefing up our own security. So a person who gets infected may not show any signs at all within the first few days, like three or four or five days. So the gentleman who came here apparently uh, may have gotten infected at a point, but walked through the scene, the uh, screening, uh, with no symptoms. And by the time he got to his house, I think a day or uh, two after, he started to feel unwell. And uh, wisely enough, he went to a hospital, and there the doctors examined him, and I believe they found that malaria was negative, and they knew the travel history, and immediately immediately referred him to uh, for a test in Lagos at the uh, Luth testing center, and there it was discovered that uh, he was positive for coronavirus, and immediately. Well, that's how the story really builds up regarding the Italian who traveled to Nigeria infected with coronavirus. Uh, they say the situation has been handled. Uh, as of this morning, I was following through with the, what the deputy governor of Lagos State was speaking about. Uh, that's talking about Obafemi Amzad, who said uh, the Italian actually did travel from Italy, arrived in Lagos, and then proceeded to Ewekoro in Ogun State before he fell ill. I understand the people he met in Ogun State have been uh, currently being guided 
required and uh, in order for them to test them and to ensure that the virus doesn't spread beyond um, the way we have it thus far. Um, well, by the way, it is believed that it flew to Nigeria through a Turkish hairline before arriving uh, in August State eventually uh, to proceed with this meeting. With regards to that. Let's move on to another situation uh, that did build up into this week. Uh, National Economic Council, yes, they did sit, and part of the meeting, and part of the outtake from that very meeting was with regards to electricity. Let me let me take that back with regards to power supply in the country. Well, NEC decided, they said, well, we have to put a hold on this situation where electricity distribution companies in Nigeria are not performing and are not doing their best to keep things going right. Well, after the next meeting, the Deputy Governor of Edo State, Philip Shuaibo, who spoke on the outcome of the next uh, meeting uh, with the Vice President, by the way, the Vice President was in charge of this meeting, explained some of the resolutions they had made with regards to what should happen next. Take a listen to uh, the man you know as Philip Shuaibo at NEC. He, he was representing his governor, obviously. He also told NEC that they will be carrying out forensic audit of all bank accounts of all these schools. And also that the state government to provide details of their investment in their electricity distributing companies. All right, well, that's pretty much uh, the brief in regards to power. As some say, there's going to be a probe uh, in the power sector. Let's see how that uh, turns out. I do know this week also saw a lot of stakeholders in the power sector arguing all out about the planned increase in electricity tariff and how that would go out. Well, even though there are categorizations to re with regards to how that would be, but it becomes quite interesting to follow through to see uh, how that will play out. Meanwhile, in the House, uh, in the National Assembly, there's a bill going around. Uh, the bill here and there, well, by the House of Representatives um, lawmaker, Baba, Baba Jimmy Benson, is seeking to make a provision for the training and retaining of personnel, uh, of retaining personnel that will do much work right there and there in the country. Take a listen to what he said as regards um, a bill that would see some provision for training and retraining of personnel of the armed forces. At the moment, Nigeria is at war, but we don't have a budget that can finance a war. What we have at the moment, Mr. Speaker, is an envelope-based budget that cannot prosecute this war that we are in. All right, well, that's an interesting thought uh, with regards to what is going on in the country. Uh, we will keep things going right and keep things as one needs it to be uh, at this time. Okay, well, moving forward now, um, well, let's also have another conversation on another subject, uh, mainly this very morning. Um, here we go. Nigerian Labour Congress in Kebbi State, um, they're really, really uh, saying all their workers are to begin an indefinite strike come Tuesday. Why exactly? Uh, Tuesday, March 3rd is what they're presuming to be ready to go for. Well, they say, follow the inability of the state government to pay 13,000 minimum wage. So wait, everybody go on strike. It's expected that this strike will uh, allow the trade union congress um, and all the people to get into one room, one room I say, uh, with the state government then. Well, we'll see how that turns out at the end of the day. Okay, moving past uh, that, that pretty much uh, covers that sense of the story in, in, that, in that way. Now, another story that was of interest this week. Let's see, let's see. I'm, I'm digging around into this. Now, I, I do know, for example, 
Uh, I mentioned about late Kazimu's family. Oh, yes, I talked about that already. Now, this at this point in time, there's also this week when there were talks about how would we respond to the issue of screening travelers who are coming into the country. That pretty much made the leading argument, I will put it that way, um, in the Senate this week. They were talking about what needs to be done. Really, what needs to be done? If anything is being done, uh, in order to screen out and well, pretty much ensure that the deadly virus doesn't get into the country multiple times. Every country in the world tries to ensure that if it has coronavirus, it limits it to those that are affected. While the Federal Minister of Health and the associated agencies may be doing their best, this best is not good enough. And we shouldn't take anything for granted. We must be prepared. We must take all the necessary measures at our ports, airports, seaports, people who are coming back to Nigeria, especially from areas that have been identified to have this, in fact, should be screened. Hmm. That was the President of the Senate, Ahmed Lama, speaking about what moves the lawmaker think lawmakers think of this whole situation as we'd have it. Meanwhile, a bill seeking to stop gas flaring in the Niger Delta has passed second reading in the Senate. Here's how that bill plays out because Senator Albert Bassi uh, has been talking about this. He said the country loses over 200 billion annually due to gas flaring. Available data from the NMPC has shown that in 2018 alone, Nigeria lost over 217 billion as oil and gas companies fled a total of 244.84 billion standard cubic feet of natural gas within the same period. This volume of gas flare, according to analysis, is sufficient to feed three LNG trains or generate 3.5 gigawatts of electricity. Oh yeah, well, pretty much uh, as we would have it with regards to that. Let's see how that plays out and if that is followed through uh, at the end of the day. All right, well, well said, if I may say, but then there, there's more to that conversation. When this bill goes to the committee, I think we should have a date when gas flaring should stop. Apart from the danger to the environment, what we lose in economic terms is unimaginable. At this point in time in the world, when people are speaking to the issues of environment and the disasters, we are still in this country allowing companies to go away with excesses that are detrimental to the health of our people. Okay. The Supreme Court earlier this week dismissed an application for the review of the judgment which sacked governorship candidate of the All Progressive Congress in Bias Estate, David Leon, and his deputy, of course. Well, Justice Amina Ogbe, who read the judgment on behalf of the seven-man justices of the Apex Court on Wednesday, said the application lacks merit and the decision of the court is final. Take a listen to how the councils uh, responded when that judgment was passed. Some with a sense of joy, um, some differently. We must know that without the Supreme Court, politicians would have seen destroyed this country. This judgment has re-established the finality of the position of the Supreme Court and judgments of the Supreme Court. And we are happy the judiciary has indeed redeemed itself. It would have been scandalous if the court had acceded to the request to review and change its judgment two weeks after it was delivered. And then uh, Governor Deary of Bayelsa State also made a statement shortly after that. In fact, he called for a reconciliation of aggrieved members. For me, it is not all about celebrations. It's about moving our state forward. And for that to happen, there must be love. There must be reconciliation. And so for me, it is reconciliation. And yes, 
the House of Representatives on Wednesday was, was also uh, having a conversation as regards the National Agency for the Prohibition of Trafficking in Persons to publish the names and pictures of convicted traffickers. Well, they think this move will calm the situation. It said the motion was on the need to investigate the greatest sex slavery Nigerian women are subjected to. Well, presented the motion, the man known as um, Honorable Queer women um, said currently there are ten thousands if not thousands of thousands of Nigerian women and underage girls forced into sex um, in a situation that definitely breaks the law take a listen to his argument a lot of the young girls some that are kidnapped in uniform that are in Mali are operating if you google you see the pictures of where they are living in is where not even your adult you are allowed to live in such type of places and they are forced to sleep with 20 30 people in a day able to pay hmm. deep 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 thoughts and, and those thoughts about that uh, led honorable debayo balogo and honorable sada soli uh, to lend your voices to this very uh, bill. We need to actually do a lot of reorientation because most of the people who are actually getting involved in this trade, like we rightly said, were actually deceived into it. If you look at the value chain of this sex slavery, it begins from homes. I do not want to get involved in mentioning geographical jurisdictions where this thing is somehow almost being legitimized. Okay, well, pretty much interesting thoughts uh, there uh, on this very subject as well. Now, still following through now, just to let you in on all the situations that did build up um, just this very week. Remember, this is the brief with Family Live, and I'm taking your thoughts in any moment from now to know what you think of many of the news stories, complex as they may be. Remember, many of the stories are stories I can personally verify, and they are stories that have been produced by the newsroom of Nigeria Info 95.12. Uh, some of the best correspondents I know have walked out uh, to walked out and walked on these stories in order to give meaning to you and bring perspective to this very debrief with from the live. Now, moving past that, um, the Senate on Thursday admonished the federal government to endeavor to screen travelers coming into the country. I talked about this, right? Yes. So they're saying we shouldn't take things lying down. We should do more. You know, we should do more and not just look at how the situation would go uh, in, with regards to that. Okay, now another group is calling this time. It's the graduates with disability. There's a group like that. You didn't know. I didn't know even before now. Well, on Thursday, they were at the office of the Federal Inland Revenue Service to demand for employment. Um, leader of the group, Kostam Onye Bulam, said they had approved the former chairman of the FIRS, Papatuli Fala, uh, to consider at least giving five slots um, of jobs to members of this group, the graduate, graduates without, with disabilities. And yes, they gave voice to the reasons why that should be. Let me share with you what they explained on the need for why they should get jobs. We are here because of the person's graduate with disability. We came here last year, we met with the chairman and uh, we they approved five uh, slots for us. Uh, and ever since then, since the former chairman left and the director who handled our matter left, we've not heard anything from them. So we are hearing our numbers uh, because we want to see the chairman to know the way forward, if possible, get our appointment letters on those approved names. And secondly, to know if more could be given to us. 
All right, well, that's uh, quite an interesting story this morning, um, as we would have it uh, following through with many, many other perspectives. All right, well, I can tell you this. Um, so much has gone on into this week. Uh, the Federal High Court sitting in Lagos fixed um, the 27th of April. And yet this week, in order to respond to the issue of, well, Bukala Saraki uh, versus the Kwara State Government, uh, Bukala Saraki, of course, is the former Senate president, much talk about whether uh, a final feature of the houses um, should be done. Justice Rirwan Aikawa fixed a new date to listen to arguments for and against a final feature of houses. And this new date is April 27. We'll be around to see how that story pans out eventually uh, with regards to how things are. All right, stay with me. I go on the break right now. Today would have to be the 29th, the, fi the final day in the month of February. Happy last day, February, to you. After the break, I'll be back to round off the stories and listen to you make your thoughts. Many stories did go down this week, and I'm wondering if you're willing to bring them up and share your thoughts about them. Stay with me right here. I'll be back after now. insights, experience, and build an unforgettable discussion together. I am Femi D.
right, welcome back to the show this very morning. As we would have it, what the federal government has appealed to Nigerians, uh, well, to know this, uh, that the coronavirus, that they should not panic in the wake of uh, it being discovered in Lagos. Pretty much the information provided by the Minister of Information. Well, the show you're listening to is The Brief with Family Life, and I've got all the details as regards what has happened throughout the week, bringing you in the most brief way I can the stories that do matter. Well, one of the stories that definitely has mattered this week is the uh, coronavirus uh, that was discovered uh, when an Italian did arrive the country uh, through the Lagos airport. And the Minister of Information has been speaking about what I just need to know. The federal government wishes to appeal to all Nigerians not to panic, as the government is well equipped to detect and handle any possible case. The Federal Ministry of Information and Culture has defined its public sensitization and enlightenment campaign on the disease. All right, well, and now as well, he mentioned the fact that Facebook and Federal Government of Nigeria are working together. We are therefore urging Nigerians not to fall for the antics of purveyors of fake news and disinformation. Fortunately, Facebook is working with us in this regard. They have asked Nigerians to report any false or misleading report on Facebook and Instagram pages so they can immediately bring them down. Bring them down. Now, one interesting thing that is also going on at this time is countries around the world well, I say no to a lot of the citizens uh, that have, um, where well, there's an outbreak uh, already going on in some of those places. They're saying, for example, Saudi Arabia is now allowing Iranians, um, well, to travel into his province at this time because of the coronavirus. They're picking out some countries. So what is Nigeria doing if we choose to do? And if you're not doing, in fact, wait, forget all I'm saying, because the federal government says no. It will not stop um, foreigners who are from some of those countries from traveling in. I didn't say so. They said so. Listen to this. I wish to assure all Nigerians that we have been beefing up our preparedness and capabilities since the first confirmation of cases in China. And we will use all measures and resources made available by the government to respond to this case. We have started working to identify all the contacts of the patient uh, since he entered Nigeria and even those who were with him on the aircraft. Please be reminded that most people who become infected may experience only mild illness and recover easily, but it can be more severe in other people, particularly those who are elderly and those who have other underlying chronic diseases. All right, well, that explains that uh, well, as one would put, pretty much uh, expect it to be. Okay, well, downward review for political actors, or should I say political office holders, that's been a discussion closely working its way into the center stage. Will there be a downward review, a upward review? GDO Joey Potka analyst gives perspective to which one it should be. We have it on good authority that this there is still over 100 political associations that have filed application with INEC to be registered as a party. Can we continue in this trend? Would you register a party with a million dollar administrative fee? And the government, the federal government, using my own taxpayers' money and your taxpayers' money to not service this party in perpetuity. It doesn't make sense. So we need to reform our electoral process. We need to reform our political system. And that is what I stand for. 
Hmm. Okay. What it stands for? Take a listen to this last insert I'll play for you. I'm calling our LCC residents to further deepen their partnership with the LCC command by providing information about persons with questionable character and criminal hideouts in their respective communities. The only way we can enjoy a crime-free society is when members of the public make their respective communities inaccessible to criminals by exposing them to the police. It is pertinent to note that indulging criminals in the community is akin to encouraging nefarious activities. We must therefore join hands together to fight crime in the FCT. All right, well, that was the FCT Police Command uh, speaking to FCT residents now. Uh, do this uh, for us. Uh, just share with us people who, are, who have criminal tendencies, uh, pretty much people who are, will provide hideouts for criminals and the likes of that. That would assist us in order to cop crime in the FCT. Pretty much of the message there. We'll see how that turns out. Well, I tell you this, there are 1,001, wait, millions of stories across the country. I can't cover them all, but there are some that are picked out uh, to provide you with a brief on. And I've just provided with brief uh, in the last 45 minutes stories that are really leading the way across the country, where they were, where they are now, and what they needs to be done. The week ahead will prove what has been done about them. Hold on tight, it's the weekend. The Extravaganza, real-time radio. Let's get